Hello everyone, welcome to Summit Church Fenton. I'm so glad you've joined me today and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. I'm conducting a series titled Jesus the Great Storyteller and what we've been doing is looking at the parables that the Lord Jesus Christ taught. And a parable is a simple story that illustrates a spiritual truth. And we can learn so much about the kingdom of heaven through the parables because Jesus often would start his parables by saying the kingdom of heaven is like unto and then he'd share the parable. And so as we study the parables, you know, a parable, a simple story that illustrates a spiritual truth, we can learn so much about how the kingdom of heaven operates. Now, if you've missed any of our uh, past sessions, we have them available for you in the archives. You can go there for free and catch up on anything that you've missed. Now, with that being said, let's uh, pick up with the, uh, the, the new parables for today. I want to look at the vineyard parables, the vineyard parables. And so let's start with the, uh, the one that's known as the vineyard laborers. And let's go to Matthew, the 20th chapter. I'm going to read several verses. It's a good thing to read the Bible. So I'll read several verses. This will be New King James Version, and then I'll make some comments afterward. Matthew 20, verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like, and see, there it is. The kingdom of heaven is like, so let's find out what it's like. It's like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he uh, sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Again, he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing idle here all day? And they said to him, Because no one has hired us. So he said to them, You also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last, even to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden in the heat of the day. And he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. Uh, he said, I wish to give to this last man the same as you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last for many are called but few chosen. While I suppose much could be said about this parable, Remember that in the first session when we did our introductory work on parables and that introductory message, each parable carries one central truth that it's trying to get across to us. And like I said, much could be said here. I, I think the, the main truth that the Lord wants to get across to us is simply this. Those who have been saved a short time go to the same heaven as those who have been saved and labored for the Lord all their lives. Now that's, that's a very, uh, uh, that's the very simple truth I think this parable is trying to get across to us. Uh, you know, I, 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 I let me give you an example. 
You know, the thief on the cross that repented and received Jesus right there just a short time before, before he died, you know, he said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, you know, today I say to you, you'll be with me in paradise. Now that thief had only been saved a real short time, uh, you know, before he, uh, before he died, but yet he, he made heaven. Absolutely. And I, I think of, you know, let, let's, let's look at, we, we could look at any of the Bible characters, many of the, many of the Bible characters, Abraham or David or, you know, uh, 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 the prophet Isaiah or, you know, Ezekiel or the apostle Paul or, you know, whoever, we could look at any of those who served the Lord, you know, uh, much of their life and were faithful to him and so on and so forth. This thief on the cross who was just saved a short time before he died, he got the same reward of heaven as others in the Bible who served the Lord their whole lives. And that's what the Lord wants us to get, I believe, out of this parable. While much could be said, I believe that's the main central truth he wants us to get. Someone who has labored all day long, so to speak, like some of these guys, they labored, they labored 12 hours and they got the same pay that the, that the guy that labor, labored for one hour uh, got. This is talking, I believe, about entrance into heaven. That's a free gift. Absolutely. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So a gift is free. And God gave Jesus. And whoever receives him gets to go to heaven. Whether, whether you've received him and, and, and you live you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years afterward and served him all that time, you get to go to heaven, to the same heaven that the person gets that received Jesus on their deathbed 30 seconds before they died. Because see, heaven is a free gift to all. And that's what the Lord wants to get, wanted to get across to us here in this, uh, in this parable. So don't, let's don't ever forget that. Let's don't ever forget that. Heaven is a free gift. Absolutely. Now, with that being said, uh, here's something else that I, that I want to bring out right here. Uh, let's use that thief on the cross again and, and let's look at the Apostle Paul, okay? Now, uh, the Apostle Paul, he got saved and served the Lord up into, he, he, he died, he was, you know, he was martyred as an old man. He calls himself Paul the Aged. So, you know, he, from the time he got saved on the road to Damascus, there were many, many years in there that he served the Lord faithfully. God used him to write, you know, over half of the New Testament. And, uh, and that thief on the cross that, that died, he didn't get to, he, he didn't do all that. He, he, he had that deathbed experience, if you will. He got saved just, just short time before he died. Now, that thief on the cross and the apostle Paul, according to this parable here, uh, you know, uh, they get to go to the same heaven. Absolutely. But here's what I want to say. Based on the rest of what I study in the Bible, though their entrance into heaven is the same, even though the apostle Paul did a whole lot more for the Lord than the thief on the cross, the thief on the cross didn't do anything. Paul did. They both got to go to heaven. We saw that, we see that in the parable here. But I want to say this, that once they're in heaven, I don't believe for one second that their reward in heaven is going to be the same. You can study the Bible 
And you can see that those who have served the Lord faithfully and have, have, have sacrificed for him and, 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 and won souls for him and so on and so forth, as you study the Bible, there's going to be a brilliance about their appearance in heaven that those who have received Jesus, they made heaven, but they didn't serve him as they should or they didn't have time to serve him as, they, as much as they would have liked, perhaps. Uh, they're not going to have the same brilliance about him. Absolutely, absolutely the truth. You study the judgment seat of Christ and you'll see that at that judgment seat of Christ, those who have been faithful to the Lord and so on and so forth, they're going to receive great reward in heaven. Whereas those who uh, uh, have not, you know, been faithful to the Lord, they haven't had the time. They had that deathbed experience. They didn't have that, the time to serve the Lord. Now they're going to make heaven all right because they received Jesus, but their reward in heaven is not going to be the same. I'm, I, I believe the rest of the Bible, as you study, it's clear on that. So the point I'm trying to make here is this parable of the vineyard laborer shows us that you get saved, heaven's a free gift, whether you've been saved a long time or a short time, whether you've done a lot for the Lord or nothing for the Lord. You know, if you're born again, you receive Jesus with that repented heart. The gift of heaven is the same for both. But once in heaven, uh, for those who have served him, the Lord faithfully, and been a, been a soul winner and, and, and served him and so on and so forth, they'll have uh, more their they'll be their appearance will be more brilliant actually you could can see in the scripture where they're they're they'll even be clothed differently absolutely and and also their assignment in the millennial reign of Christ and throughout eternity will be greater than those who have who 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 haven't served the Lord? It, we saw that in one of the previous uh, parables that we studied on the mina, the minas and the talents. So, in a nutshell, this parable shows us that get going to heaven is the same for everybody. You know, whether you serve the Lord your whole life or or, or you got saved on that deathbed, the reward of heaven is the same. Okay, that's clear. But once we're in heaven, then of course the reward. For, for serving the Lord will be a lot greater for those who have had the time to serve the Lord and who did serve the Lord than those who did not. So anyway, that's what I believe this parable is. Uh, it, it, the parable itself is getting across to us that the reward of heaven is the same for everyone. But again, uh, it, it pays to serve God because once in heaven, then the rewards are greater for those who have served the Lord. So I trust uh I trust you got what I was trying to get across to you there. Now, with that being said, let's go to Matthew, the 13th chapter. And uh, right before we go to the next vineyard parable, I want to uh, talk about this instructed scribe parable. Uh, it's found in Matthew, the 13th chapter, and uh, it's called the instructed scribe parable, or sometimes it's called the parable of things new and old. And I think it fits on real well to this vineyard uh, uh, laborers uh, parable. As you'll see, look here in Matthew 13, verse 51, Jesus said to them, have you understood all these things? So he had just shared another parable with him and, and they said to him, yes, Lord. And he said to them, therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure things new and old. Now, uh, here's the thing. To really understand what he was talking about here, you have to understand what a scribe instructed was. Now, a scribe was a, a certainly a, a religious person, 
uh, uh, like a Pharisee, a Sadducee, uh, uh, one who recorded the word of God and so on and so forth. But a scribe instructed, that's what, if you have your Bible there, make a underline that or make a, a mark, a highlight on it or something. A scribe instructed, you need to know this to understand what Jesus was saying here. A scribe instructed was a student of the word of God who could teach others also. Who could teach others also. A student of the word of God who could teach others also. Now, the reason I've tacked this parable onto this vineyard laborers parable is simply this. You know how that vineyard laborers parable talked about people who had labored? (laughs) Jesus was talking about people who labored all day long, a long time. You know, those who had been saved a long time got the same reward of heaven as those who had been just worked to save a short time. So we just talked about that. But the reason I wanted to tack this, uh, this scribe parable onto this other one and cover it right after it, after, after, you know, cover them in sequence is because of this. I have, you know, in pastoring 30 plus years, I have seen so many people that they were like these people here who had been, they'd been, you know, been born again and serving the Lord for years and years and years and years. But they never do get to a place where they could instruct others also in the Word of God. Isn't that sad? And I've seen that again and again and again, not just at Summit Christian Church, but at many other churches with many other congregations, including my own. Now, thank God there were always those who developed in the Word of God and who who advanced in the Word of God and and all of that. But there were so many that I saw over all those years that would come. They'd come to church weekly. They were involved in, you know, the socials and this and that and the other. And they'd sit in the the services. But we're talking talking intelligent people. But I tell you what, you know... (laughs) They, they never got themselves to a place where they could instruct others also in the word of God. And they were, you know, like these laborers in this vineyard, some of them out there all day long. And at the end of the day, they, you know, they couldn't tell anybody what a grape was or what a vineyard was. But yet they've been out there working in it all day long. And I've seen, like I said, a lot of people who've been around, they've been born again, received Jesus. They've been around the you know, the the church and whatnot for years and years and years and decades, and they never become a scribe instructed. They never become, or they never get to a point, point where they can instruct others also. And so don't let that happen to you. Don't you be that way. You know, I, I, I think about uh, the writer of the book of Hebrews, who I believe was the Apostle Paul, he made the statement in Hebrews, uh, the fifth chapter and the 12th verse. He said, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, see, you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles or the elementary principles of the oracles of God. You've come to need milk and not solid food. He was talking about people who'd been born again some length of time and, and, and they never got themselves to a place where they could teach others the word of God. I mean, they, they, could, they, they couldn't even teach others the simple things about the word of God. You know, and, and, and that said, he said, he said, by, by this time, you ought to be teachers. 
or you ought to be able to teach others also. You need someone to continue to teach you the, the elementary things of, of the Word of God. In other words, they're like these vineyard laborers who, you know, they're out there in the vineyard all day long working and, and they get to the end of the day and they can't tell, they can't tell. They've been around the grapes, they've been around the vines, they've been around, and they couldn't even tell anybody what a grape or a vine was. Isn't that sad? And uh, yet I've seen that again and again and again and again over, over the many years. Uh, people, again, get saved and they're involved in, in, in church life, if you will. They really are saved people. They're involved in church life. But they never get to a point where they could instruct others, even in the simple things of the Word of God. They could even tell somebody really how to, how to get born again, you know, or how to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Or what's the significance of water baptism? Or what's the significance of receiving communion? Or, you know, just, just simple things. What, what's the significance of, of, uh, laying on of hands, laying hands on the sick? You know, what's the, what's the significance? Or talk about, uh, you know, the Bible talks about like the resurrection of the dead right here in the book of Hebrews. That's an elementary principle of the doctrine of Christ that every believer that you've been saved any length of time. You, if you've been saved any length of time, you ought to be able to teach people about repentance from dead works. And you ought to be able to teach them about the importance of faith toward God. And you ought to be able to teach them about the doctrine of baptisms. You know, when you get saved, you're baptized into the body of Christ. And then there's a, a, a water baptism that's important. And then there's a baptism with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. You know, and then there's a doctrine of the laying on of hands. Like, like laying hands on the sick. Jesus said believers would lay hands on the sick and they'd recover. And, and then there's other, there's other uh, things about laying on of hands that if you've been saved any length of time, you ought to be able to sh- share that with other, with other people. And then uh, re- like the uh, resurrection of the dead. The Bible here in the book of Hebrews calls that an elementary uh, principle of the doctrine of Christ, the resurrection of the dead. You ought to be able to tell other people about the rapture of the church where the Lord himself descends from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ rise first. That we here live and remain will be, eventually it will be, will be, we here live and remain will be changed in a moment. Twinkle of an eye will be caught up to meet uh, them in the clouds of the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. The rapture, you ought to be able to, to, to teach that to people. You ought to be able to talk about the, the second coming of the Lord and, and the, res, you know, the, the, the resurrection of, of, of the dead. You ought to be able to talk about the resurrection of the unjust and the great white throne judgment. Absolutely the truth. And uh, eternal judgment. You ought to be able to warn people of hell and talk about eternal judgment. Now, you might say, Pastor Terry, wait just a minute. Those are some deep things you just went over. Those are, that's some meat of the word of God you just went over. No, no. Read right here in the book of Hebrews. I think it's the sixth chapter. Read it right there. That, those are called the elementary principles of, 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 of the doctrine of Christ. And you ought to be, if you've been saved any length of time, you know, a year or two, I would say, you know, somewhere in there, 
you ought to be able to, to, I don't mean be a Bible scholar and teach everything about the book of Revelation, but my goodness, those things I just mentioned, you ought to be able to uh, repentance from dead works, faith toward God, you know, what I just talked about and the, the uh, 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 doctrine of, of, of baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. Those are the elementary things. You ought to be able to teach others about, uh, about those things. I remember many years ago, uh, I was teaching on the elementary principles of the doctrine of Christ. What I just mentioned to you, and I had a man in my church come to me, and he, you know, he, 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 he'd been with me a long time. He's a very nice man, and he didn't mean this ugly. But he said, he said, Pastor Terry, if I ever found out that somebody got saved, you know, in the community, he said, I'd never recommend them to come to Summit Church, not at first anyway. And I, it took me aback, and I said, why? And he said, well, he said, he said, you would, you would choke them and kill them spiritually with, with that meat that, that you're teaching on right now. And I was teaching on the elementary things of Christ, what I just taught, taught, told you about just, just now. He said, no, I'd send them over to this other church. And he called the name of a mega church in the, in the St. Louis area. He said, I'd send the, that baby Christian over there. Let them be over there for a while. Then maybe down the road somewhere when they grew up spiritually a little bit, then they could start to handle some of the meat that you're teaching over here, the meat that you're doling out. And I thought, my dear me, oh my. I was teaching the elementary things. And see, he thought, he thought it was, he thought it was, the deep meat of the word of God. The apostle Paul said, you can read it. I believe he was a writer of the book of Hebrews as the Holy Ghost directed him. You could read, he said, hey, we need to uh, to leave the elementary, the teaching of these elementary principles and move on to the, the meat of the word of God. But see, this man that was talking to me, nice man that he was, he'd been saved a long time. He'd been out in that vineyard a long time. But but he, he couldn't teach anybody about these very simple things. And it's sad. And he should have been able to. And he got to the point where he thought that these simple things were to meet. And frankly, that's one of the things that concerns me about the, the, the church world in the United States of America is that they're calling, they're calling milk meat. And, and, and it, it, it's very sad. It's, it's very sad. But nonetheless, if you've been a worker in the vineyard any length of time, you need to be able to be like a scribe instructed where you can instruct others also, in, certainly in the elementary principles of the word of God. And then anyway, with that being said, he talked about uh, bring forth out of his treasure things new and old. And all I want to say about that, and I could spend a good deal of time on this, but I just want to keep it simple here. What I would say about that is as you grow in the things of God, you should be able to teach others also, as we've said. And, you know, as you're teaching people, I've learned this as a pastor, as I teach people, when people first get saved and I'm teaching them, you know, they've never heard the things I've been teaching them. So everything's new to them. But as we go on and as they're in the church longer and longer and longer, then, you know, and I've t taught on certain subjects, then the things that were once new to them <laughs> kind of become old to them. And while we're always looking for, uh, you know, fresh revelation of the word of God, I, I've, I've found this to be something I've had to be watchful of. And I think any Bible teacher that's, that would be honest would say this is that, you know, we're, we're always looking for something new to come up to share 
to come up with something new to share with the with the congregation, you know, to get their interest or spark their interest. And while there's nothing wrong with seeking fresh new or fresh revelation of the word of God, we never want to leave the word of God. And, and you know, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. What, I, what much we could say about that? But we should never be seeking some revelation out beyond the word of God. Okay. Don't, don't, if you're out there and you're a pastor, a teacher, don't ever seek revelation out beyond the word of God because you, you're in trouble when you're out there. You're out there on the devil's territory. So we always stay within the confines of the word of God. Now, thank God that he gives us the word of God is eternal and he could always give us fresh revelation of that word or new revelation of that word. But as you're teaching a congregation, I've learned this. I don't I don't always have to come up with something new to dazzle the people. But with that being said, as you teach I've always, you know, when I have a new believer there, I'm teaching things and I'm, and I'm aware that what I'm teaching is new to them. Okay. And, but as time goes on, that new becomes old. And, and, and so when he talks about new, that's easy enough. But what do you, what does it mean old? Well, what I believe he means by that is, is that we should never be uh, afraid to remind people and, and teach people things that we've all, that we've taught them before. And, uh, uh, you know, I had one guy some years ago, he said he got frustrated and eventually he, he left my church. And one of the things he cited is he said, well, he said, uh, you know, uh, well, well, every year, you know, you go over, I don't know, I think it was the elementary principles of what I just talked about, repentance from dead works, faith toward God, so forth, found in Hebrews, I think it's the sixth chapter. He said, well, every year you take a couple of weeks or two or three weeks and you go over that. He said, I don't like that. I want to hear something new. Well, you know, I, tough. Okay. I don't mean that ugly, but you know, I don't have a problem. The apostle Peter, he made the statement, second Peter, the first chapter, 12th and 13th verses. He said something to the effect that it well, let me just read it. He said, I'll not be negligent to remind you. He's talking about people who were already established in truth, truth of the word of God. He said, I'll not be negligent to remind you, uh, of these things. And so, you know, that guy got upset with me because every year I went through the foundational doctrines of Christ. You know, I uh, uh, I didn't mean it ugly when I said tough there, but it is tough because I'm not going to be negligent in reminding people of things that they've already heard. I learned this a long time ago. Repetition's a seed of learning. And so I went over those elementary principles Every year or, or once every couple of years, I'd go over them because I think it's important that we always go back to the basics, you know, and, and you know, like in a golf swing, if you're golf, if you're a golfer out there and you're golf, you're having trouble with your golf swing, go back to the basics. Look at the grip, the stance, the lineup, those sorts of things. And it could really, really help you. But a lot of people who struggling with their golf game, they, oh, I don't need those basics. You know, I've been playing golf 10 years. Well, and I don't need the basics. Well, the greatest golfer of all time, Jack Nicklaus, you know what he would do? At, well, you might say it's Tiger Woods. I'm still saying it's Jack Nicklaus. But anyway, Tiger Woods, he, he, I don't know, it's close between the two. But Jack Nicklaus would go back to the basics every year, even though he's one of the greatest golfers has ever lived. And he went back to the basics. So I would go to those basics, you know, every every year or two, and I'd spend some time on him. But, oh, this guy, he got all upset. He said, I, don't, I already know that. Well, you know, you know, we're talking about bringing forth things new and old. Well, at one time, those basics were new to this guy and he found them interesting. But as time went on, he, he knew them and he didn't want to talk about them anymore. So, I, but yet, see, you bring forth things new 
and you teach people stuff they hadn't heard before because it's new to them. But once they've learned, you know, uh, these things, and a lot of times they don't want to hear them anymore. But as a good teacher, you, you like Peter, don't be negligent. Continue to teach things that 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 are old that they think is old, but they need to hear them. And a lot of times those old things, because they're the word of God, carry fresh revelation. I tell you what, as I study the foundational doctors of Christ, you know, all these years later, I still, I still get, get fresh revelation of the elementary things concerning the word of God. So, so anyway, anyway, with that being said, I was just trying to tell you what things new and old meant. And there's much more we could say about it. But the main thing I want you to get out of this right here is if you've been saved any length of time, you ought to be able to teach others also the elementary principles of the word of God. Now, with that being said, let's go to the, uh, and if you can't, you need to get to it. You need to get to it and, and be able to tell somebody how to get to repent, what they need to do to repent, how they get saved, how they, you know, the importance of water baptism, the importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, how to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, so on and so forth. You need to be able to do that. You need to be able to teach people about the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. If you can't, then, then you're not a... Uh, you're not a good scribe as you ought to be. So get busy. Okay. Now with that in mind, let's, uh, let's conclude here today by going to Matthew, the 21st chapter and look at the wicked, uh, vineyard tenants, the wicked vineyard tenants, Matthew 21, verse 33, Jesus said, here, another parable. So here we go. Another parable. You know, I was thinking just the other day, if you look at, at, the, you know, we've been teaching the parable on the parables, but if you look at all the parables that Jesus taught, I mean, that's a significant part of his teaching ministry. I mean, just covering these parables as we've been doing since the beginning of the year, we're going to go for probably a couple, I don't know, many more weeks, maybe a couple more months, I don't know, on them. But you get a big chunk of Jesus's verbal, you know, his teaching ministry. So these, these are very important, these parables. So he said, here another parable. Or Jesus said, I'm going to tell you another simple story that carries a spiritual meaning. So here we go. There was a certain landowner, Matthew 21, 33, certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it. He, uh, uh, he set a hedge around it. He dug a wine press in it and built a tower. He leased it to vine dressers and went into a far country. Now, when the vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers that they might receive its fruit. And the vine dressers took his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did likewise to them. Then last of all, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the vine dressers saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir, come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. So they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to the vine dressers? And they said to Jesus, he'll destroy those wicked men miserably and lease his vineyard to other vine dressers who will render to him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in your eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken and whoever, whoever it falls will grind him to powder. Then the chief priests and Pharisees, when they heard these, his par when they heard his parables here, this parable, they perceived that he was speaking of them and he was. Now, what does this teach us? Well, 
Let's go back through it here again. He's telling a parable and he's got this vineyard and he leases it out. And what this is making reference is, is he leases it out to God's chosen people. This landowner here is God the Father. And he plants his vineyard. He plants it. He leases it out. It's talking to the Jewish people that he leases it to. He goes into a far country. And when vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers, which you can read the Old Testament. You can see how God sent the prophets to the vine dressers and so forth and so on, that he might receive its fruit. The vine dressers took his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. And you can see the Jews as a whole in the Old Testament doing that to the prophets that God sent them out of God's great goodness and mercy. When those people had gotten off track, God sent the prophets to them to get them back on track. And they would they, they, they persecuted them, the prophets. They beat one, killed one, stoned them, and so forth and so on. He sent more, and they did the same thing to them, and so forth and so on. And then, of course, last of all, uh, he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and of course, they, uh, they, you know, as a whole, Jesus was rejected by the Jews and so forth and so on, and he was, uh, was, was crucified. And then as this goes on here, uh, uh, as he talks about uh, uh, being given over to the, you know, the, the vineyard, whatnot, being given over to, to uh, an, another group of people, it has to do with God turning to the Gentiles, which he has done for the last 2,000 years, known as the church age, but he's not done with the Jewish people, and the church has not uh, 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 has not uh, been replaced. In it. The church has not in any way replaced the Jews. Uh, it's just that, that God turned from the Jews because they rejected him, because they rejected Jesus. That's what the Bible's all about. The Bible's all about, you have Judaism coming on down, all the way down, Abraham all the way down. It all pointed to Jesus. And the, the matchless son of God came. And the Judaism, the Jews, you know, if they would have accepted Jesus, then we move into Christianity. And that's all about, about God's son. But the Jews as a whole, not all, but as a whole, rejected him and have to this day. And, and so, and they, and they, they, they crucified the Lord Jesus, you know, the Jewish leadership, the religious people, they, they did, and, and, and worked in, 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 uh, you know, with, the, with the Roman government, whatnot, but, but the Jews as a whole rejected him, and so then the Lord turned to the Gentiles for the last 2,000 years, but the church has not replaced the Jews. Eventually, God will go back after the rapture of the church, and he'll begin dealing with the Jews and, and so that's a little little eschatology for you there, end time teaching or whatever you want to call it. But that's what this parable is, is driving at. And God sent, as I've already said in this parable said, he sent the, what this parable is making reference to, he sent the prophets to the, uh, to, to the Jews and they rejected them and they stoned them and killed them and persecuted them. So he sent his son and they even rejected his son that he turned to the Gentiles. And, and then he goes on and he says here that, you know, essentially anyone that rejects the Lord Jesus will be, uh, uh, it's not a good thing. I was just, Leave it that way. But again, I want to say this. That's what, isn't that what the Bible's all about? Is the Bible really is about 
you know, as we come down through Abraham all the way down, the, the Jews, thank God for the Jews. Thank God for the Jews. They're God's chosen people. And because of them, we've got the scriptures and, and Jesus. He, he's a Jew. Absolutely. And, and then we receive him. The Bible says in the book of Romans, we become spiritual Jews. But you see, uh, uh, being a natural Jew, you won't get into heaven because you're a natural born Jew. No, you have to become a spiritual Jew. How do you become a spiritual Jew? By receiving Jesus. And you know, in the Old Testament, people didn't get into heaven because they were natural Jews. They got into heaven the same way we do, by receiving Jesus. With that repentant heart, receiving Jesus. Absolutely game, set, and match. Same in the Old Testament as it is in the New. It's through Jesus Christ. But but, but but the point I think that, and that's what this parable is making reference to, that God sent, uh, he, he, he sent them his son and they rejected his son. And, and, and that's not a good thing in any way, shape, form, or fashion. So, but what I felt the Lord wanted me to, 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 to say to you based on this parable, how many times, you know, in the Old Testament, he'd send those prophets to, the, to his people and crying out to them to repent and get back on track and whatnot. And they persecuted those prophets and they were very, very cruel to those prophets. And so here's what I think the Lord wants me to ask you. How many times has God sent you someone to share the good news of Jesus with you? And how many times have you persecuted that person that God sent to you. Now, you may not have certainly, you know, stoned them like they did to the prophets of the Old Testament or, or you know, beat them up or killed them, certainly not, but you've rejected them with your heart. How many times have you done that? Perhaps even right now, as I'm teaching this message to you and I'm saying that, you know, to make heaven, you have to repent and receive Jesus as your Savior, I wonder how many people out there might be listening to this and 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 have ill ill thoughts toward me for for saying what I just said that you need to receive Jesus. How many people before me have has the Lord set across your path and you've rejected them? You know, and so maybe you haven't literally stoned them or killed them like they did in the Old Testament to the prophet sent, but but servants of God sent to you, how many times have you just just paid no attention to what they were saying to you and just, you know, just went your way? God's a good God. He reaches out to people. He really does. Now, I'm convinced he gives everybody a chance, everybody an opportunity to get saved, but he sends people, he sends preachers, he sends ministers, he sends maybe not pulpit preachers that stand behind a pulpit, but but believers, uh, uh, Christians across the paths of, 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 of sinners that need to hear the salvation message of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many times, how many times have people been, you know, their message, the message of the gospel just been, been, they've fallen on deaf ears and people have pushed them away and haven't listened. Again, I want to ask you, how many times have you, you know, shunned the message, shunned the messenger and the message that God sent to you? Well, look, if you're out there, it's time now to receive Jesus Christ. It really, really is. 
I can't tell you how many people over the years I've shared Jesus with and, and people have just, you know, turned, 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 turned me off, paid no attention to me, even, even ridiculed me and made fun of me. But I continue to preach. And if you've ever noticed, every time I close up this message, this, this message here on these Facebook and these YouTube broadcasts and, 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 and at the church, we made altar calls. And I've made, I've been faithful, I think, to do it every single week here. You need to receive Jesus. The time is short. You don't know how much more time you've got. I'm not trying to scare anybody, but you don't know how much more time you've got. And, and, and the Lord could come at any time. Are you ready to meet him? Learn from this parable. Don't reject Jesus any further. Don't reject the, the messenger and the message that he's sending to you like those people did in the Old Testament. And I tell you, they rejected Jesus and they, and they died and they died in their sins and they went to hell. Jesus said, if you don't, Jesus, Jesus said to these people of himself, he said, if you do not believe that I am he, you'll die in your sins. I don't want you to die in your sins. So repent right now. Call on the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive him as your savior. You'll be glad you did. You'll miss hell one day. You'll make heaven and he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. So, hey, I hope you enjoyed these parables today and we'll pick up next week with another one. God bless you. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.